Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin AC, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune, Jay Posner, sports editor, my boss, uh, Jay. Just as we expected, everybody, just as you all expected, the Padres just swept the St. Louis Cardinals after taking two of three from the Colorado Rockies. They did this without five position players, four of their regulars, three uh, members of the core of their offense. Um, I'm not sure what else there is to talk about since we all predicted this, Jack. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it seems like <laughs> it was just sort of run of the mill. You know, yesterday was was quite a day. I'm not sure what was more run of the mill for me watching, you know, Liverpool goalkeeper scores in the 95th minute or the Padres sweep the Cardinals. I mean, you just kind of expect both of those things uh, to happen. It, It was just a normal weekend, right? I did see that, and I figured uh, that at some point you would work some soccer into the uh, Hot Lava podcast. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was, you know, it was very impressive. I, I don't even know what's, what, is the most impressive part that pitching keeps uh, going as it has been or players who, I mean, they're not even outside of two Peter Marcano. We're not even talking about guys who are, you know, in the system of they've been there for a long time and you expect them to be a part of the Padres. But what the Padres did is they went out and they got guys like John Andrioli, Patrick Kivlahan, four times like this guys who've been in the majors who can come, in and fill in at a few different positions and we're probably only going to need them five or six games but you know what those could be five or six important games I don't think that should be overlooked what the uh what the Padres did here no I I don't either and and yet at the same time we we did talk last week in all seriousness about guys that the regular guys were going to have to step up and uh, I'm looking at Saturday's box score yeah. You know, when they scored the 13 runs, Trent Grisham had had three hits. Manny Machado had had a hit, but it was a, a, a two. He he had two RBIs. Jake Cronenworth had three hits. Tommy Pham had a home run. Austin Nola had three hits and, and drove in six. Those were the guys that were really yes. delivering. The other guys, I mean, they, you know, O'Grady had a hit in an RBI. Hassan Kim had a hit in an RBI. Uh, so those were sort of bonuses. But the the key, and, and I think this happened – in the other games as well, the the key was the bit, most of the big hitting came from the guys like Friday night, the three guys at the top of the order. Uh, I thought it was a good move by by Tingler to put Machado second and I, give him a little bit of protection. I'm, I'm, the Cardinals' command of their pitching staff is so awful that I'm not sure. It was like we said, well, they're not going to give Manny anything to hit. They may not have been trying to give him anything to hit, but <laughs> they never knew where the ball was going. So there it was, a couple of meatballs from Machado that he drove for RBIs, I think, on Friday. But th- that, that was big. Those guys, yes, it those was. guys. Coming and we in. did say that. And obviously right. they listened because who knows what they would have done. Of if, course. If we I mean, they would, said that. they would have had no idea what to do if they hadn't gotten their, their daily, weekly dose of, of hot lava. But but that, that was what they needed was those guys needed to come through and get some hits. And then anything else on top of that is just a bonus. And yesterday, how much credit goes to guys for walking? How much goes to how much is just standing there taking pitches? But there were some good at bats. Guys fouled off some pitches, and there were some close takes. And more you know, yesterday, sort of Friday, Friday right. was like we could have walked. Friday was unbelievable. Twelve walks, three hit batters, and yet at the end of the game, it was still a game. You're you're like, geez, they still have a chance. The Cardinals came back to five four in that uh, game, and and yesterday they did get the tying run. Cardinals again were down four two. And, and Trent Grisham, we were talking about offense, but cannot overlook the catch that Trent Grisham made 
in the first inning yesterday. And, you know, sometimes it's like the whole thing with, you know, having the closer or if you use your best reliever in the seventh inning or the fifth inning or whatever, sometimes the biggest play of the game is made well before the ninth inning. And I thought yesterday that was the case. If it's four nothing, it's kind of like, boy, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. And Grisham made a, a very good, a very good play. You kind of saw the difference in the Padres big inning where I think it was Harrison Bader in center field had a chance to make somewhat similar catch and just missed. That would have changed that inning uh, quite a bit. So the Padres, again, made a couple other. Marcano with a great diving stop yesterday to create a double play. Now, of course, you're not going to get a double play if it, if it wasn't Yadier Molina running. But still, they made the he stop. reacted. He got the out at second base, which which was big. The out at first, again, was a bonus because of Molina. But those were those were all good plays, big plays you know, that were made. I mean, O'Grady had a big hit the other day in Colorado. So Ivan well, Castillo you're right. had a single. Yep. Yeah. Castillo had his first hit. Uh, Ryan yep. Weathers, Ryan Weathers had his as well, but Castillo got a, a big hit in that, uh, uh, in that fourth inning yesterday for the fourth run. And, and you could tell looking at him on first base, it, man, he was trying not to have like the biggest smile in the world, but you could, you know, it obviously means so much to these guys when they come up and get their first hit and it's a big situation. And I'm sure part of it also is he knows he's on this team where guys are counting on him and, you know, he's able to, to now look Manny Machado and, and Trent Grisham and Eric Hosmer and these guys. And well, I guess Eric Hosmer is not around quite yet, but he's able to look the veterans now in the eye and he knows that he's contributing, uh, yeah well so it was all, all around it was very good but all of it again it, I, to me the biggest thing of all is the pitching the, oh. the fact that they continue to get tremendous pitching from just about everybody that goes out to the mound Ryan Weathers righted himself last night uh, after the big play from Grisham Lamette well, I'm sure we'll talk about today you know Craig Stammen continues to be everything Padre fans think he's not or at least a segment of Padre fans. I shouldn't say Padre fans. A segment of Padre fans think that he's not. He's been outstanding in these last few weeks, and really most of the season. I think he's had a couple of bad mm-hmm. outings, but that's uh, um, that's his mo. Uh, yeah, and right, and so he's been he's been really good. You know, Austin Adams one pitch last night. Pagan I thought looked much better last night. So uh, again, a total team effort, as the cliche would go. Even though, and it, it's an absolutely legitimate theme to this season, even though the starters need to go deeper, they have fulfilled my favorite cliche, and that is they've kept them in games. Even when they've gone, say, three innings, Joe Musgrove that day at uh, Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. uh, went three innings. But, man, they left the bases loaded twice. You know, it's it's been very odd uh, four and five inning outings where they only allow two runs. They're just throwing too many pitches or, you know, there've been injuries, injury scares, whatever. But even the starters who need to shoulder more of the, the weight have done a really good job, at least of not having the Padres out of games. Uh, right. So, and maybe, you know, they've played what 41 games now. So we're a quarter of the way um, through the season I don't know if it's sustainable to do what they're doing from a pitching standpoint for an entire season where you're rotating all these different guys and you're, you know, you've got three inning starts here and four inning starts there, but they've taken advantage of it. And, you know, by playing well recently, 
They're 24 and 17. I think they're on pace to win, I don't know, 94, 95 games. 94, yeah. Right. And uh, just happened to look that up last night. Yep. Okay. So that, I mean, that would be pretty good if, uh, if, if that's what they, if that's what they finished with. So, so maybe again, we don't know if it's sustainable. I guess we don't know if it's not either, right? Because we haven't seen well, it. I think it's not, and here's why. And I've been meaning to write about it, about both their plan to they have uh, kept the relievers really kind of uh, their portions are small and they're purposely holding guys back. And but that means things have gone really well. I mean, there's mm-hmm. three there's three uh, categories that a relievers in, and that is he's good to go, he can go. We're gonna avoid him today right. at all costs right. mm-hmm. and there's the he can go and we're going to avoid him well sometimes the way the game goes you just can't not pitch a guy well the Padres have been able to both through the effort of Jace Tingler and his pitching coaches and the circumstances of the game stay away from those guys not pitching guys as many back-to-backs also they had those two days off a couple weeks ago they've had they had two days off this past week they have a day off this week Starting Friday, 20 games in 20 days. Right. There's only so much you can control at that point. And that's <laughs> yeah. where the starters need to start going six and seven innings fairly regularly. They have eight quality starts, which I haven't looked in a couple of days. That might be the fewest in the majors now. It was the second fewest. Um, I think right. the Marlins had seven. Um, I could have the wrong some, team, but I know that's some of those are. Some of those are by design, obviously. I mean, that's last right. Night, but the fact is, but, they're they're still not going six innings. Whatever. Right. It is. Have, exactly. But a lot of them are not. I mean, the, right, again, right. the guys like Snell and Musgrove, and now, I mean, Paddock. I think you can give him, uh, you can give him an excuse because he was out for twelve days. He's had a couple starts. I mean, I know you would have wanted at least another inning out of him the other night, but it almost seemed like from the first batter when Tommy Edmond seemed determined to give everyone in the stands a ball, you know, that was going to be hard for him to do, but you're right. Paddock and Snell and Musgrove need to be more six inning guys than four inning guys. And Cole uh, Hamels when they sign him. So, okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, because Hey, we're, we're getting to that point where man, if, if the starters don't step up, they're going to have to add someone. And maybe that's Mackenzie Gore, you know, because he is so lights out for El Paso or something. But uh, it, this kid, it is still like the theme of the season. And so let's use that as a segue to Denelson Lamette. I don't know what you thought, Jay. I thought that made all the sense in the world that we had sort of uh, forecasted a day or so earlier. But Ryan Weathers is stretched out. Hey, let's give Ryan Weathers a start. Let him go. And let's see what this does for Denelson Lamette to not only come out of the uh, bullpen throwing gas, you know, but maybe throw a little more often under those circumstances mm-hmm. and start to build up the confidence in his arm. No, I, and he certainly had plenty of time to get ready because the bottom of the fourth inning took about an hour to play. So he was he was he was definitely loose by the came in and I, I thought it was a great move to do it at that point I, I'm sure the idea if 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 you would have asked them before the game they and and they would have been straight with you they would have said we'd love to get three innings yes out of yes. him because in fact when he came in I even said I it would be I'm sure what they hope here is he especially after the first inning which he really looked great um, in that inning, he, the one fastball for the strikeout, I think, on, on Moroff was was 98, um, and really had life to that to that pitch. And I thought, wow, if he could get three innings here, that now you're into the eighth 
before you even have to go to your your relievers here and you you can throw almost anyone in the eighth inning to get the Melanson in the ninth so um the second inning I was a little bit different I thought his velocity was down more in the 95 range than the 96 97 range slider it was hard from where I was sitting to tell like sort of it wasn't, what kind of command he had or how it looked or anything well, like that. The command but, was off. The velocity was off. The sharpness of the slider was off. Those two walks uh, precluded him from going any further, probably. I right. Mean, no. But assuming that, assuming as always, that he comes out of it well, maybe that is a role that's good for him because, you know, you don't have to, if Weathers can build up a little bit more, which I think there's no reason that he can't. I mean, we saw him go, what, 89 pitches in the one start. Um, if he can get back to that point and he can start giving you five, maybe even six, uh, why not use Lamed as sort of a long guy? I mean, we've seen they're going to need a they're going to need a quote long guy. Um, right now, it's Miguel Diaz is is that is one of those guys. You know, Craig Stammen can sometimes give you a couple innings. But Chris Matt, if, uh, right? Chris Matt, but uh, but it would be great. To me, to me, Chris Matt is down on the on the list of guys that I'd want to see in, at least in the, in games where they're sort of in having, having a chance uh, for it. But I'd certainly rather have Lamette in the game than Mm -hmm. Chris Matt. Um, I just wonder how long it it is until they put him back in there and how long mm -hmm. you can ride Weathers. If Weathers is good, he's going to run out of innings pretty soon. Yeah. So no, you're right. You're right. But maybe by that point, then Lamette gets built up. Yep. I mean, there's different yep. there's different plans uh, to go. Maybe maybe by then Gore is 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 ready or or anything like that. But it's again, we've got a long way. We've got a long way to go. But that was an interesting way to use Lamette last night. And, and I wonder, you know, like you said, how many times they do that and how often can he do it? Does he need four days now between those innings? Does he need two days? Um right those are questions we we don't have the answers to uh, he would throw and, his bullpen on the third day but but since his bullpen now would be actually in a game in a, would he need a fourth day yes yeah. it's a, it's a right. question so I, I think it just adds you know look the more arms they can add the more quality arms they can add uh, obviously the better off they are and and he, he is certainly a, a quality arm when he's uh when he's right. And we, we saw that particularly in the first inning last night that he pitched. give them a lot of credit here. As I wrote in the newsletter, they're, they're rewriting the manual on how to build a guy back up after whatever it was, injury, injury, <laughs> scare, whatever right. it was with LeMay. Right. Um, and they're doing it. This isn't, you remember when he came back in 2019 from Tommy John surgery, Every time he pitched, the most important thing was that Denelson Lamette was pitching. They weren't in the he, playoff race and they knew right. it. Now, now the most important thing is the result. Oh, and also having Denelson Lamette be uh, healthy and get stronger and be effective. Uh, but we wanted to do that also so that we can win. This is mm-hmm. a, a really fascinating thing that they're doing, and I uh, and so that's that's just a little like little subplot here in this uh, very long season. It'll be interesting to see what Mackenzie Gore does in his next start. I know everybody's super interested in that. Uh, he was he was okay, I guess. Uh, but the Padres are insistent he will be a pitcher that can help a playoff team when we call him up asterisk. If we really super bad need him, we will call him up too. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, right now, right now they have when everybody is, is on. And, and I think what we've seen out of Paddock, the last two games that, that he's been back, he certainly qualifies in this category and, and with weathers 
pitching well, and and then the other the three veterans. I mean, they have five starters at this point, right. plus plus Lamette. So there's no need to rush Mackenzie Gore up here. Right. Uh, and I, I know everybody wants to see him, including myself, but he's still really young and really inexperienced at the high levels of the minors. And and I don't think everybody can be Ryan Weathers and, um, you know, jump into that situation and, and be good. And maybe Gore would be doing the same thing. But obviously they thought Weathers was advanced enough to uh, – to, to make the jump sort of a year ahead. And they were right. I mean, he, he looks like a guy who, who has been around for a few years, except for when you look at him, when he's, cause he just, he just looks so young. To he us, really, to really guys. does. He really, really does. And yeah. it's, it's actually kind of sweet and I'm not giving anything away. I think there's still pl- uh, fans in the stands. Uh, he obviously has himself a, a lady friend uh, that he visits with after games. And it's like, these two are probably what two and a half years out of high school down there uh, visiting and a major. This is a major league pitcher, and it's you can just see by the body language. You know, I've got sons that are barely older than him, and you just see, my gosh, this is a child yeah. Uh, yeah. who is going out and yesterday got nine straight outs. Obviously helped by Trent Grisham. I don't care who you are. If you're a pitcher who gets rocked for four runs in the first inning, and now you've got a guy on second. Uh, yeah. Heck, if that ball gets past Grisham, maybe he's on third. Right. And, uh, you know, but so he gets help there. Then there's an error by Ha Sung Kim. So the first uh, runner, the first batter of the second gets on. And then Ryan Weathers never stops throwing strikes mm-hmm. uh, and attacking hitters and retires nine straight. It, super, super impressive. It's funny. I was thinking during the game, like when, when the first inning was going on and he'd already given up four hits and, and, uh, and, and then I was thinking, well, you know, I was thinking what what were you going to say about him on, on here? And I was thinking, you know, guy, and and this is the same thing with a guy like Melanson sooner or later, guys are going to get hit. Guys are going to give up runs and someone like Weathers, who's what, 21 years old, um, it's kind of understandable that he's not going to be fantastic in every outing. And you wouldn't say it was fantastic yesterday, but the way he rebounded from the first inning was fantastic. Yes. And uh, that, that shows you something right there about his makeup that, uh, that he was able to do that. So the Rockies come to town and you're going to see two of the same pitchers, John Gray and Austin Gomber, uh, both of them fairly effective. John Gray is always really good against the Padres. Really? He's, he's a good pitcher. <laughs> he is yeah. a very good pitcher. Now he has bouts of wildness. Yeah. Uh, he got charged with some runs last time that, you know, whatever, uh, Victor Caratini's grand slam, but he also lost control over his last inning plus. Uh, and then you've got Austin Gomber, who was really good for what, five and a third. Uh, also then lost a little bit of control. And then was it Chichi Gonzalez on uh, against Joe Musgrove? So it's uh, Darvish, uh, Gray, Snell, Gomber, and Musgrove Gonzalez um, on on Wednesday. The Rockies have the worst record in the National League. Padres have the second best record. Padres took two of three, could have taken three of three. Uh, of course, could have lost two of three too. Th- this is one where you go. All right. Hey, uh, they could get on a roll here. But what do we know? We certainly didn't yeah. predict the sweep. Uh, gonna, what's going to yeah. happen here? What's, yeah, what's I, more I, important here, Jay? We, we got should, guys we should, coming back. We should definitely be out of the uh, prediction business, as I guess everybody should uh, should be after this past weekend. Interesting, I was just looking at Chichi Gonzalez. He was the number one pick of the Texas Rangers back in 2013. So um, probably some people in the Padre organization that would be oh. pretty familiar. 
Oh, he'll be a Padre soon then. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, but again, career five ERA uh, in 45 games. So, um, you know, has not had the best of careers, but yeah, I mean, the, the Rockies are, the Rockies aren't any good, uh, but they just, you know, they battered the Reds two straight games after the Padres left uh, Denver last week and and then had a chance to win the series yesterday. I think they had a 6-1 lead uh, going to the eighth inning and ended up giving up seven six runs in the last two innings. So you just, as always with the Rockies, you never know. Their starters sometimes aren't so bad, but you get into that bullpen and uh, and just about anything can happen. And the interesting thing for the Padres now is we would expect – to see um, Profar and Mateo back on the roster before Tuesday's game, if we're doing the calculations correct. And then Mateo, or uh, sorry, Hosmer would be able to come back for the Wednesday game. Do I have that, that is, correct? That is correct. Based on the information that is out there, and Jace Tingler is uh, now his default is, you know, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but, but, but based on the information that we have, the tests for Fernando Tatis Jr. came back late Monday. That means that Jorge Mateo, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Jerickson Profar were not isolating on Monday. The isolation would begin after that. And so Tuesday that mm-hmm. makes with the seven days and that they needed two days of being able to get negative tests. As long as Profar and Mateo have tested negative, they would be able to come back Tuesday. Hosmer, who then was pulled from Tuesday's game, began his isolation after that, would be able to come back before Wednesday's game. And then with the off day Thursday, provided that they test negative, you have Fernando Tatis Jr. for Friday's game and Will Myers for Saturday's. Again, these are provided they test negative. Right. Who are you going to take off this roster, Kevin? I mean, come on! Look at look at what these guys are doing. How, how are you going to break? How are you going to break up the band? The uh, I would say the only question is if Tucapita Marcano and Brian O'Grady continue to play, does one of them stay? Uh, but uh, yeah, this has been very very interesting. Uh, what was interesting? It's like you said, Jay. It's not like any of them have raked. It's not like any of them came up and are uh, 12 for 14 or something. Right, but, right. Now, so I, I think that we're, we're, we're pretty we, – we know what's going to happen uh, here. Look, the whole bench, the, I think the other night when, when Caratini and Nola were both in the starting lineup, which I thought was an interesting uh, move, I think that was Saturday, the entire bench, I believe, had started the week in El Paso. I think all four guys were chihuahuas as of like Monday night. And, uh, Truly that, and amazing, and that was and that was the bench in a game where they won thirteen to three. I don't think that the two thousand eighteen Padres were that like had had that glaring of a segment of their roster right. that right. had just been in El Paso or mm-hmm. uh, Tacoma, wherever it was that they came from. That that honestly, <laughs> that's why going into Friday's game. I don't want to say depressed, but it's like you have become accustomed to covering a team that has a certain level of player where, you know, when you get to the number six hitter, it's still Will Myers. And, (laughs) um, gosh, Jurek's in Profar, who's struggling a little bit at the plate, but he's, you know, batting seventh or eighth. And and, and that's why, wow, baseball. Tommy, now it was against the Cardinals, the team he hits, but Tommy Pham was batting cleanup. 
So, Brian O'Grady was in the five spot for one right. game. So yeah, I know and nothing against these guys. Hey, look, these are guys who played in the majors. Hey, they're and, major. I mean, they're major yeah. league players. I mean, yes. there's that. But, you know, like you said, they're not Eric Hosmer and Will Myers and Tatis. And they're Bar. holes in the lineup that yeah. you and especially now playing National League ball. You get mm-hmm. to the number eight hitter and it's Patrick Kivlihan. Unless you're Quang Young Kim, who absolutely lost his mind in the fourth inning yesterday, yeah. you're thinking, all right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Pirates still two or three from the Giants. Let's just remember that. This That's is right. baseball. The reason the Padres are a half game back is because they swept the Cardinals, but the Pirates took the first two of three against the Giants. <laughs> right. Real quick before we go, I didn't realize this was a thing because I was at the game wasn't watching TV, don't know if they made a thing of it on TV. It seemed to be a thing on Twitter this morning. The Manny Machado play at second base, are we supposed to be upset about that? Was that Are was we that... supposed to be as as a as podcasters, as members of the talk establishment, are we supposed to make a big deal of it, Jay? I wrote yeah, about I... it in the newsletter. Uh I thought at the time I wonder what's going to happen. No, that's what was he supposed to do right there? Run him over? Uh, yeah. uh, Tommy Edmund was in the baseline. Uh, now, I think it was a heady play by by Manny Machado. Uh, he didn't run out of the way. He stayed where he was, prevented the double play from happening, and the umpires didn't even get together to think about it. It obviously got in that uh, Kim's head. He was like yeah, he lost kept, his mind about point, it. He kept yes. pointing at it, but but Schilt didn't even come out to to talk about it. They obviously didn't think anything about it. And I just wonder, is it one of those things, if Jake Cronenworth had done that, would anybody even be talking about it? And the answer is probably not. Great point right there. I hear about it all the time. Uh, I'll be in other press boxes and Manny Machado doesn't run out a ball, uh, a fly ball or a routine grounder to second. And there's muttering or, you know, like almost like I told you, ah, there he is again. Right. There is a bias against Manny Machado that some of it may be well-earned, but that play yesterday was similar to some other plays that perhaps crossed the line earlier in his career when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a baseball player who wants to win. Does it get a little off-color uh, <laughs> sometimes? Okay, that's the guy I want on my team. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying I want the guy who steps on the first baseman's foot. I'm just saying I, that's right. the guy. That was he gets out of the way of that guy. He's polite and says, "Hey, Tommy, there's first base yesterday," and runs toward the grass. There's a double play, probably. Yeah, and then and what? You know people, what? That and then what are people happen. saying? Then he didn't yeah, hustle. Well, so. He didn't hustle. Also, man, he hustled Nolan Arenado right into an error yesterday. Yes, he, he did. did. See, if you notice that, by the way. That was a ball deep to third base. Even though it was Nolan Arenado over there, Manny sprinted to first base. Right. Had he hit that ball to the second baseman at 100 miles an hour, Manny would not have sprinted to first base because Mm -hmm. Manny wants to play 158 games this year. There you go. By the way, Trent Grisham could have had a triple or an inside the park home run yesterday on what turned out to be a double, but he was holding his bat basically and walking to first base because he thought that he was going to be out on that double. No one, I don't know that anyone noticed because it was Trent Grisham and not Manny Machado. There we go. All right. We talked about it. There you go. (laughs) 
And by the way, that's not a double. That's an error on the left no, fielder. I know it's never it scored. Is. I know it's never scored that way. That's an error. The guy should have caught the ball. He didn't catch the ball. That means it's an error. There yes, wasn't sun no. in his eyes. There wasn't clouds what? in his eyes. He just blew I want the to play. tell you it ha- something. It, ha- it happens. People people make we all make mistakes. He yeah. made a mistake on that play. He and made a mistake it, on the proverbial, those are tough. They're hit right at you yeah. <laughs> on the light line drive. Uh, I know that you are not uh, saying anything about the particular official score yesterday. Uh, you're talking about the the philosophy there. Correct. I'm going to tell you, if anyone has a problem with the official scores in San Diego, it's because you haven't been paying attention when the Padres are elsewhere. Like, I just got back from Colorado where yeah. – I know that Nolan Arenado is phenomenal. I know that Trevor Story is a good shortstop, but there, there, there is. They would have to steal someone's wallet to get an error in in uh, Colorado. Those two, it's absolutely unbelievable. So, no, I thought the two errors last night that were credited—one to Kim and one to Arenado—I think there were some scorers who would have said, "Though that's a hit." Especially the Kim play because he dove, Absolutely. and I know there's this thing. Oh, if you die, I remember somebody told me a couple of years ago. Oh, they dive. You never get an error when you dive. Well, Kim dove. He got up. He had plenty of time to make the play, and he made a poor throw. So it was a very sober decision made there. Yeah, I, I thought both decisions were were very good on that one, and I understand it wasn't the official scorer who yes. called that a double. That's sort of the baseball rule, but anyway. I just use uh, that as a chance to go off about the, the Rockies. Sorry, Jay. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it is uh, truly incredible. How we didn't even get into the umpires at all on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what were they supposed to do? Even Mike Schultz said, we thought some of those were strikes, but when the rest of your pitches are nowhere near the zone, you're probably not going to get borderline calls, okay? Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you before uh, the Mariners. Uh, we'll probably do that podcast on Thursday before and give you plenty of time to kind of get ready to soak in all that will be the uh, Padres Mariners over the weekend. Thank you.